0: church family, happy Wednesday. Uh, Today we are going to look at chapter 26 of Exodus. I said on Monday that we're going to try to maybe get through more of these chapters uh, each day as opposed to, you know, one chapter a week, and that's largely because um, these are all like details in terms of how um, the tabernacle and, uh, you know, or, or the Ark of Covenants will be made. This week, we're actually going to see God's instruction when it comes to the construction of the tabernacle and what what it's supposed to look like. Uh, I remember when Kelly and I were, I think we were still engaged. Uh, We were working on our different furnitures in our apartment that we were going to move into. Uh, I was already living there, and uh, Kelly was about to move in. I think we were maybe a month or two away from our wedding date. we were building um these ikea bookshelves (laughs) and uh if you've seen or been to my house uh you'll notice that these two there's these two black bookshelves there those are ones we built and it was it was kind of cool before we started i did tell kelly like look ikea furniture is always good to me until i actually have to build it um and you know for kelly she's like oh that never happens to me every time i go to ikea all the pieces are right i have just enough pieces of instruction are there And I said, I told her, like, you know, being married to me means that you're going to live a very uh, random life. That things are never going to go exactly the way that you hope. That you're going to fit in these weird exceptions, and that is the case for uh, building these IKEA furniture. We decided to race, and um, when we started, you know, we looked at these instructions with the little figurines and everything, uh, these little cartoon characters, you know, the IKEA furniture things. Uh, so we were building it and, it, and it got to the point where I got stuck. And I looked at the instructions, and, and I was like, hey, there's something wrong with this um, with this bookshelf. And Kelly looked over, and she realized, sure enough, there is one hole that they forgot to drill on my bookshelf. It just so happens that of all of the bookshelves, I got the defective one. And, and then Kelly was like, wow, I cannot believe this happened to you. I was like, I told you, I told you, there's always something wrong. And we had to take that piece back to Ikea, uh, get another replacement piece, and then bring it back, and then you know, then we're able to finish the bookshelf. When we think of, when I, I think about that story, when I read this chapter about how, useful, how when we construct something, there's usually instructions and materials that we need in order, <coughs> excuse me, in order for it to uh, to be accomplished. And here in chapter twenty six is that it's these laws on how you should build the tabernacle. Now, the Old Testament, and especially here in the book of Exodus, remember, in the context of this book, the Israelites have left Egypt. Uh, They're journeying through the wilderness, and God has given them instruction how they're supposed to have this almost like a symbolic gesture that God is with them. Right before there was a cloud uh, in the daytime and the pillar of fire at night, and um, that's supposed to show them God's protection over them. But as they continue going on the journey, God gives them uh, particular instructions on how to continue on the symbolism that God is going to dwell among them. And that's what the tabernacle is. This is the tent uh, um, that's supposed to house the Ark of the Covenant. And this will be a picture of God being the center of their camp. This will go from one place to another. So this tent is, will be this mobile tent that they establish as they journey. And when they stop, this will build this tent, and, and this will be in the center of the camp. Again, this will symbolize that God is the center of their worship and as they travel, they you know, they'll, they'll they'll dismantle this tent and then the cloud and the fire pillar will, will be with them as they journey as they go on their journey, and then when they stop again they'll rebuild this uh, tent. So this instruction here by God to Moses, to the Israelites, it's very specific and it seems like there's a lot of things here and, and you know, I, I would argue that if you know, if you're if you're not gifted in these things, you should not do it. And, and you will see later that God does ask that Moses find people that are really good at this, because it's not meant for someone like me. <laughs> if I was in charge of making this, it will never happen because I will end up missing something, or things will end up breaking, or or somehow like, we don't have the materials. This is not my calling. I'm more of like the the Levites. I just I just tell people what to do or what God has to say. But in terms of the actual actual execution, leave it up to the the skilled craftsmen. And that's what we're going to see here uh, today. And we're going to just draw some lessons as we go along, as we move through this text. Chapter 26, verse 1. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of the fine twisted linen and blue and purple. and scarlet material, you shall make them with cherubim, the work of a skillful workman. See, we see right here in the first verse, a work of a skillful workman. And one thing that I failed to mention on, um, I think it was last week, or maybe it was on Monday, um, about the, 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 there's always the symbolic picture of angels when there's like, um, in the, on the ark, as well as in this curtain. And I think that the reason why it's there is because this will be a picture of man being separated from God and angels guarding man from entering into the Holy of Holies. This isn't to say that God needs like bodyguards, but it's just will be a, a visual picture that. Just like how Adam and Eve were kicked out, and there was an angel guarding the garden so that Adam and Eve won't try to sneak back in. This is a picture that you cannot enter the Holy of Holies. You cannot be in the presence of God because of your sin. And that picture, a picture of a cherubim and an angel, is supposed to show them that so they can remember that there is always going to be a separation because of their sin. But there, and, but there is always a way in which to kick it, that they can have someone represent them for them, and that's the priest. And we know this is a picture of a greater priest that is to come, that's in Jesus Christ. Verse 2, The length of each curtain shall be twenty-eight cubits, and the width of the, each curtain, four cubits. All the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five curtains shall be joined to one another, and the other five curtains shall be joined to one another. And you shall make loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain in the first set, and likewise you shall make them on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in the second set. You shall make 50 loops in the one curtain. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain. That is, in the second set, the loop shall be opposite each other. You shall make 50 claps of gold and join the curtains to one another and the claps so that the tabernacle will be a unit. Now, it's hard to imagine what this looked like, but if... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try my best to describe it to you, or you can just l- look this up on Google on what the tabernacle looks like or the tent. If you look at the tent on the outside, there's actually like a like a border wall that goes uh, around this tent. This, so there's like a like, like yeah, I guess the, it's just it's just like walls that that that, that like we think a border. It's just this linen wall uh, or not linen, but yeah, I guess a linen wall that goes around it, and there, it, there's a certain amount of uh, poles that need to be there, and they're supposed to be constructed in a certain way, <laughs> and it's supposed to be this this covering around the tent. Um, and what is very strange about this is that the, the you know, they're not everyone's allowed to enter into this tent, and it's supposed to be a picture again of the separate the how the separation between the holy God and sinful man, and only certain people are allowed to go closer to that. Um, and that's what we see later on with uh with. As we go through, we, you know, if we go through Leviticus but, or, you know, we study the Old Testament some more. Where you see how like only specific people are allowed to enter in. Verse 7, then you shall make curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make eleven curtains in all. The length of each curtain shall be thirty cubits and the width of each curtain four cubits. The eleven curtains shall have the same measurements. You shall join five curtains by themselves and the other six curtains by themselves and you shall double over the six, (coughs) excuse me, double over the six curtain at the front of the tent, (coughs) you shall make fifty loops, excuse me, you shall make fifty loops on the edge of the curtain, that is the outermost in the first set, and fifty loops on the edge of the curtain, that is outermost in the second set, you shall make fifty claps of bronze, you shall put the claps into the loop and join the tent together so that it will be a unit, the overlapping part uh, that is left over in the curtain of the tent, the, ha- the half curtain that is left over shall lap over the back of the tabernacle. The curtain on one side and the cubit on the other of what is left over in the length of the curtains of the tent shall lap over the sides of the tabernacle on one side and on the other to cover it. You shall uh, make a covering for the r- tent of ram skin dyed red covering the por- 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 porpoise skin above. Um, I think this whole part is to summarizes the to understand that all these thick layers of these um, basically fine leather is supposed to protect it from diff- all the different elements that they have to go through. You know, whether it's like rain or dry or or, or you know sandstorms or whatever it may be. When, once this is constructed, these leathers actually are supposed to protect the ark that's held within. Uh, again, this is, will be a picture of God dwelling among them. Gods will be. As a picture of God watching, dwelling, blessing, and giving uh, guidance to the Israelites, um, and as they do this, they're showing their dependency to the to the Lord. Uh, and uh, other people that are watching this camp moving around, they're saying, "Where, you know, this God uh, here is the center of the tent, and, he, and they see his protection." Remember, these Israelites were from like a worldly standpoint, they're like refugees and nomads; they don't really have a place. Um, and yet they're somehow succeeding in terms of you know, winning uh, all of these uh, battles with all these nations and it, be, and it was supposed to be because of Yahweh it's not because of their numbers, not because of their military training remember these guys were like farmers you know, these, like, at best they were like farmers so you just imagine people like, like pitchforks and stuff like that that's against like an army and then somehow the army loses and it's not because of the ability of the Israelites but because of the God that they worship verse 15 then you shall make the boards of the tabernacle of archaea wood ten cubits shall be length of of each board and one half and one and a half cubits uh, the width of each board there shall be two tenons of of each board fitted to one another thus you shall do for all the boards of the tabernacle You shall make the boards of the tabernacle twenty boards uh for the south side you shall make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards, two sockets under the one board for its two uh, of tenons, and te- two sockets under another board of two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, twenty boards, and there are forty sockets silver, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. For the rear tabernacle to the west, you shall make six boards. You shall make two boards for the corners of the tabernacles at the rear. They shall be double beneath and together they shall be complete to its top to the first ring thus it shall be with you both they shall be they shall form the two corners there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver 16 sockets two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board so what is the point of all of this and this is shall this will be a this will be a simple design actually but it will be very effective in terms of framing the the rigid walls to support the tent so that's all saying all of these things are built to stabilize the tent um again if you look at some of the pictures <coughs> it, it looks like a circus tent uh for them not exactly like a tent with like a like a you know like the high top thing with like pointy but it does supposed to look like this very unique building and um it, and what's really cool about this although i just described it as a tent like a circus tent, it's actually not like that. It's not. It is colorful, but it's also very beautiful. So it's functional and is actually uh, very attractive to look at. And this is, actually shows us a little bit that our God is a God of beauty. Um, you know, sometimes we say uh, um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I'm slowly. The more I study the scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament, I'm starting to think that's not true. There is objective beauty. There is objective beauty when you look at the sunrise or sunset. Or a smile of a child. You know, these things are objectively beautiful. No matter what culture you're from, it is something that's pleasant for the eyes, and uh, it, it, it makes, it warms you up on the inside when you see certain things. When you look at nature, there are a lot of things that are just naturally beautiful. Um, and I think we usually say like beauty is out of hold, in the art sense because there are some things that are, uh, you know, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. But the reality is there are some things that are just not pleasant to look at. You may look at it and it may uh, be you know, gross to you, and it is gross because you know it. It's it could be disorderly, or it could be something that is sinful. That's why they're not beautiful. Not everything is beautiful. There is an objective beauty that is found ultimately in God and who He is, and the things about Him, and things that make that should draw us uh, and enlightens our hearts and makes our heart joyful are should be beautiful things. This is why there's a problem when Christians are enjoying things that are sinful uh when when christians enjoy things that are not beautiful that is in not in accordance with god's uh, purpose or character there's something inherently wrong with us if we delight in those things Uh, because we are saying that the things of god uh, are not as beautiful and we're saying that sin is more attractive and god is not like that god is a god of beauty And his in and he 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 shows through the Israelites and the way that they construct this ark and the tabernacle that the Lord is a God that is orderly. That in his created order he made things a certain way so that um, so that people know that it's it's supposed to be beautiful. I studied uh, I had this math teacher when I was in college that that said the same thing. He was a non-believer, but he said the Fibonacci sequence and like there's something uh, mathematical about this. Like you can actually mathematically uh explain why things are beautiful you know like you know the symmetry and proportions and everything like that that's uh that's that shows order you know he, he uses a description of like flowers and just the creative order and you can actually measure things that if the, these things are a certain way and are symmetrical then that's why people think that's why they're drawn to it. that's why their eyes goes to it and i think that's something that's unique that our god made it that way that's why I think in our culture we like to we like disorder because we think that's really groundbreaking. But I think the reason why people like disorder now is because of their sinfulness. They keep going down in these, um, you know, they just, in their depraved mind. They do things worse and worse, and they think that this is beautiful, but really it's not. Because sin is never beautiful, and God is always beautiful. That's what we see just in the construction of the tabernacle. At verse 26 then you shall make bars of archaea wood five of the boards of one side of the tabernacle and five bars of the boards of the bo- other side on the tabernacle and five bars of the board of the side of the tabernacle for the rear side to the west the middle bar is the scent in the center of the board shall pass through from end to end you shall overlay the boards with gold and make the rings of gold as holders of the bar and you shall overlay the bars with gold then you shall erect the tabernacle according to this plan which you have been shown in the mountain so what do we see here this is just how the beams are holding the, um, the curtains uh, in the tabernacle and it's funny and it's not funny but it's very particular here that god's telling moses hey you need to tell you need to make everything according to this plan again there's a reason why skilled craftsmen are designed for this because when i'm reading this i can't even visualize in my head what it looks like unless i have a picture um, if i was given this task it would not work um, But there are some people when they're reading this instruction, it it makes sense if they could visualize what the end product is supposed to look like. Um, And they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do exactly the way that God has told Moses to do. Verse 31 You shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen. It shall be made with cherubim, the work of a skillful workman. Again, we see like a skillful workman. You shall hang it on four pillars of archaic wood overlaid with gold and hooks, and their hooks also behind being of gold, of four sockets of silver, you shall hang up the veil under the claps, and shall bring in the ark of the testimony where, there within the veil, and the veil shall serve for you as a petition between the holy place and the holy of holies. You shall put the mercy seat on the ark of the testimony in the holy of holies. You shall set the tab- table outside the veil and lampstand opposite of the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south, and you shall put on the table on the north side. Again, uh, if you this will be a very helpful if you listen to this podcast with a map of the um, of what this looked like. Uh, if you're using the MacArthur Study Bible on page one hundred thirty-three, it has this plan of the tabernacle. It's, it's like showing you where these things are supposed to be placed, and that's a helpful guide for me because like I, I have a hard time visualizing all of this, and you know when you see these things, it makes more sense. Like okay, it's not as it's very orderly, it is, and it's and it's. Designed with a particular purpose. Everything has a function in it. It's not random. And even the beauty of the um, tabernacle, you can't really see it from the outside. Only the priest that goes and sees all this color on the inside was completely erected. And again, it's supposed to show you that God is, is beautiful, that He's not just some random thing like the outside, because look, outside looks like just goat skin, And that's, what, that's what kind of like what the world is outside of God. But when you're inside, when you're close to the Lord, it gets more and more attractive um, and it's supposed to be a very beautiful place <clears throat> because again our god is a beautiful god he shall make a screen for the doorway of the tent of the blue and the purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen the work of a weaver he shall make five pillars of archaea for the screen and overlay them with gold their hooks also being of gold and shall cast five sockets of of bronze uh, for them and you can see the different materials that you use, and you and the material grades are usually a symbol of how the closer you are to God, the more beautiful and attractive they are. And then, the, actually, the more expensive metals are closer to the, to the, to the Ark of the Covenant of the Holy of Holies for that same reason. That as you're entering into this tent, this will be a picture that you're entering into the most beautiful place of all creation, a place of, that, that no one is worthy of going to except for the priest that's designated by the Lord to go and representing man. Now, what application can we draw from this? We understand that this curtain is is supposed to be, you know, it's going to play out itself when they built a the temple. That temple is going to get destroyed. Then there's another temple that made, led by Ezra and Nehemiah. That temple goes all the way into Jesus. But from the time of Ezra and Nehemiah to the time of Jesus, Judaism became corrupted. Uh, that beautiful temple. With the veils and everything is no longer symbolizing and pointing people to God, but more to a religious system um, that is not of the Lord. Uh, and Jesus becomes that, becomes that, 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 that beautiful person that they're looking for, even though in, visually he was not someone that is, you know, according to Isaiah 53, not someone that's pleasing in the eyes. Um, because of their own sinfulness, they don't see the value of Jesus Christ, and they killed their Savior. They re- I mean, they rejected Christ, they killed him, and, they, and, and you know, crucified him. And uh, and then the veil was torn, symbolizing now that now that Christ has died, you no longer need the, these temples anymore to like get to the Lord, because the beauty of God is is, radi- it's, is reflected, and and Christ radiates that beauty. So we look to the cross, and as as horrifying as that image is. We understand that it's the most beautiful thing for us because now we get to be with God. We get to be with this beautiful God. All of these things, all of these tabernacle things, again, as I mentioned on Monday, it's it's just a shadow of something greater. It's just a picture of something that is to come. And the tabernacle and these curtains, these things are supposed to show you how beautiful God is and how man cannot get to Him. But through Christ, we no longer need these tabernacles. We no longer need the priests. We no longer need these veils. We could go cut through all of that and go straight to God uh, because of what Christ has done on the cross for our behalf. So that's a lesson for us for today. As you think about Christ, think about how, yeah, he is beautiful because He because God is beautiful. Jesus Christ is fully man, fully God. He, he humbled himself, taking the form of a man, uh, but he's still God, and he's a beautiful God. And, and what draws us every day to faithfully live according to him is to see the beauty of god and the loveliness of god and that should cause us to worship him greater each and every single day i hope that this is helpful on friday we'll go through the bronze altar in chapter 27 of exodus Uh, this is again fascinating to me and i hope it's helpful for you thank you and have a great wednesday (music)